I'm Matt Bryce. We're at the Clunes store in the middle of little Clunes village. Uh, I work here um, two days a week, Thursdays and Sundays. What do you love about small cafes and little rural eateries? I love sitting in the sunshine, surrounded by flowers and beautiful edible plants, like in the middle of rural setting, surrounded by nature and sitting with friends. You get really nice people that come through here? Yeah, we do. Yeah, we get really nice people. Lots of locals, lots of local farmers and tradies. And... Small flat white with soy. We were just talking about how food brings people together. They do some kind of nights here as well, don't they? Yeah, they do. Yeah, they regularly do um, wood-fired pizzas on Thursday nights. They do um, gyoza on Friday nights. Myself, I've done a um, fundraising dinner here, a sausage sizzle. And they have curry nights regularly. Oh, and to my left I have a lovely lady. Introduce yourself. Tell us what you do here in the Shire. Uh, my name's Kimberly and I have a cafe in Lismore. And when we're not working in our cafe in Lismore, we come here to Clunes. We live locally as well. We see lots of our customers here. The staff are beautiful, the food's incredible, and it's a really nice place to be. We've had our cafe for a little bit over two years now. And we open Monday to Friday and we're right hidden in the right in the hub of Livermore on the back alleys. We like to be hidden and it become a destination and you have to sort us out. Um, I do all of the cooking and it's really yum. We support locals. We've created a little community around us where our scraps and coffee grinds now go to a farmer. He grows us greens, he brings it back to us and it's just an ongoing circle. And because the community supports us, we've been able to do lots of fundraising events and be able to facilitate that in our business and with Matt. Was that the idea when you first opened or has it just sort of happened organically? Oh, there was so much organically happening. That was not the idea at all. <laughs> we had really busy cafes in Brisbane and when we moved here it was time to not open a cafe that was going to be busy and just maybe enough to support my partner and myself and that was it but I'm not very good at doing things little so we did a big one and it's really pumping and we now yeah get to be involved in community events which we feel really privileged by and it's really nice it's definitely gone way bigger as involvement in the community than we ever thought we would be and it, which is really lovely we feel very blessed to have everyone's support did this happen with your other cafes? Was there anything that sort of did go in those directions? Um, no, we used to have, they were like little suburban cafes and busy as well, but not so much on the big fundraising like we do here with Matt. I think often in big cities, which is what drew us here, there wasn't as much of a huge sense of community. We had a lot of people passing through on the way to work and that was about it. We didn't have a massive sense of community and connection like we do in Lismore. Like we find our customers in Lismore are very much now part of our family and like to impose their views and opinions on our business and our Does lives. Does that help? Yeah, it totally helps. It's nice. It's like having lots of mums and dads and lots of sisters and lots of cousins always around you saying, you know, this is yum and I'd really like it if you did this and put more meat on the menu and <laughs> different items. And, yeah, it's really helpful. Is there, are you guys vegetarians? Mostly vegetarian. Sarah, my partner, is vegetarian because I do the cooking, so she eats vegetarian. And the cafe is mostly vegetarian. We do a little bit of chicken. Sometimes we do a bit of beef, but that's it. We don't do bacon.
our chickens organic free range from local areas and so same with the beef and well, I think if you did do bacon as a vegetarian myself, walking down that arcade would repulse me. I wouldn't go anywhere near it. I know, and you try, it's very hard when you're in the hospitality industry, particularly in Australia. People are so dedicated to their pork and their bacon, and it can make a really big difference in your turnover as a cafe. But we're trying very hard to look beyond that and not put that into our business because we don't like it. Well, there's plenty of places that already do that. That's it, exactly right. There's so many places you can go to. And I think majority of our customers really appreciate that you can get really fresh, healthy food that hasn't had to be killed. And yeah, all of our food's very generous. I really enjoy feeding people. So plates are always quite full and abundant and no scrapings of anything. It's very much the more the merrier. Great, and you've got a great barista as well. You, you, how did you start there, Matt? I was working in Byron in a cafe um, and it kind of fell through and I was just walking through the street and, and I bumped into Kim and Sarah and they were like, oh, Matt, <laughs> we need, we need a barista to start on Monday. And I was like, in my head, I was like, it's my birthday on Monday. <laughs> but I nice didn't birthday present. Of, yeah, I didn't want to block anything. I wanted to be really open I was and so I just was like yeah love it love to and started on the Monday (laughs) and what's it what's it given you to be able to work there because you know as I say you have a lot of fundraisers that now you're working through um, Flock Cafe yeah yeah um well it's given me like a family like I feel like I'm part of a family there you know we really like work well together we love working together we love being there like the days just breeze by um I love being there and yeah, and it's nice to have the support, you know, like with my, the girls are so supportive with everything. They've been really supportive with me and my fundraising efforts as well. Like um, we did a dinner um, after the, the earthquake in Nepal. Um, we did a dinner for 140 people and raised $14,000 to help with like relocating children who had been misplaced after the earthquake with their families back in villages and stuff and trying to... Um, break up a, a lot of like fake orphanages that opened up after the earthquake so um yeah because of that support from the girls and being, having the ability to you know get 140 people to come in and raise you know all this money like you know we've broken down that two fake orphanages return like so many kids to their families back in their villages um how did you get into fundraising and why a few years ago i was in india for the first time I rode a bicycle through India and I was so touched by my experience with the local people in India and the support that I was given by the people there that I really wanted to find a way that I could give something back to the people there. Yeah, I was so touched by what I like the treatment that I received from the local people. Like people with nothing were the people who had the most to give me like on my journey and yeah, and it really inspired me and I really wanted to find a way to give something back. And I think I've told this story before, but I was walking through Varanasi along the Ganga and um, kind of praying to the divine for some guidance and, you know, some direction in my my path. And and I just stumbled upon some um, foreign med students that were helping children with, like, vaccinations and minor cuts and things on the bank of the river. Yeah, and then I just thought, that's what I want to do. Like, I want to help, like, the kids in India. And then just started searching for a way that I could do that and... And in my searching, I found Forget Me Not, who's the charity that I fundraise for. And we kind of 
work together on a fundraising cycle trip. So I cycled through India for nine months, traveling 4,000 kilometers to raise money for a project based in the slum. And the project is like a community development project. So it's trying to give children from the slum the tools that they need to become sustainable and have a sustainable future. So it's giving them school preparation skills so that they can get into formal education and birth certificates and um, yeah, giving them like the skills to, to be self-sustaining and break out of the cycle of poverty that they've been in for generations. Now that you guys are, I guess, collaborating, really, is this sort of, do you see this as a long-term thing that you're going to be doing at Flock? We're hoping to, with Matt, um, collaborate frequently a couple times a year, if not every season. We'd like to do a pop-up dinner and raise enough funds for Forget Me Not. This will be our second one. I think the first one was a really big eye-opener to us because it was a mass amount of work. So we're now relying a little bit more on the community and volunteers to help us out. The previous one, we worked for three days straight on top of running our business and cooking until midnight and then getting up at 6 o'clock in the morning, cooking again till 6 o'clock when people arrived and then cleaning up till midnight and then starting again the next day to finish cleaning. It was a huge thing. Kim and myself cooked all of the food for 140 people on electric fry pans in the cafe. We were making, what is that cheese thing called that we made? The paneer? Paneer. Paneer. So we walked around for four hours stirring the bloody milk so it would get up to temperature. And wouldn't um, burn. And wouldn't burn. And I was doing this chanting yoga, (laughs) trying to namaste myself out. I was getting so (laughs) angry. To try and get this temperature to what degrees did it have to be? So it was just below boiling, like 85, yeah. So we could make this, then yeah, add the that add the vinegar juice. and then squash it out to make this bloody paneer that then Matt told me we could have just bought. But he's like, it's all about the experience. And I'm like, I'll give you a bloody experience in a minute. Bay FM 99.9. How does that make you feel? makes me feel good. Is it part of what you want to do to make everything? I mean, surely that's kind of the the goal. It's a little bit of philosophy that I keep in the food that we bring out of our kitchen in Flock. And we wanted that dinner that we make everything because the energy that you put into that Mm. is the energy that people are eating. So even if in our business we get people to supply us with goods, we know that it's coming from a really sustainable, great business, not just from some mass-produced, massive business that doesn't pay people accordingly. So with the fundraiser, we wanted to make as much money as possible for the people in Nepal that we decided that we would make everything from scratch, which was really, really lovely, but also really exhausting. We made 140 samosas by hand, rolled the dough, like rolled 140 like chapatis to cover the potato filling and like, you know, hand rolled them hand-baked them, like, so they were baked and healthy. Yeah. See, <laughs> sometimes really you nice. think you're a bit crazy. I was like, please don't hate me, Kim. The whole time I'm saying I hate you, but I love you a lot as well. Do we think we're crazy? No, I think we both think we're really, really lucky and really blessed to be in a situation where we can help. Because it's not even about karma. We are so fortunate yeah. where we are. Like, look where we're sitting. Yeah. We're both openly gay people our life is very blessed and very easy and here's these poor people that have lost everything and it's 
who are we to not go, yes, we can help you? Yeah. Like, that's, yeah, the least we can do. That one dinner and this dinner, like, we can all do so much more. What we do is great, but we can all do so much more. Yeah. I get this a lot, especially on The Belly Show, because, of course, I listen to so many stories and, and I love sharing them, but I, I can't help but take on a bit of each cause or each yeah. whatever's going on. How do you guys streamline it? You know, of course, you've got your Indian connection. Does it go further than that, or you just really want to focus on doing one thing really well? Yeah, definitely. It definitely goes further than that. For example, I'm in the process of securing a site in Ballina, where I hope to open a, well, where I will open a not-for-profit organisation. The idea is that we will support the local community, so youth from the local community who have had a hard time, you know, and haven't been able to get experience. So, yeah, we're going to give them training, hospitality training and work experience so that they can get a job. The cafe, as I said, will be a not-for-profit organisation, so all of the profits will go to my charity work in India. So we'll be, at the same time, supporting the local community and also continuing to support my work in India too. We also want volunteers from the community to come and um, volunteer their time to work in the cafe. So, yeah, yeah, chefs, um, tradies, like, you know, to help with setting up, like plumbers, you know. Um, carpenters, whoever, like people to come and work, you know, once a week, a regular shift, serving customers or helping to cook or whatever. We want to really include the community in this. You know, it's not about us, it's not our thing. What me and Kim are doing, it's not about us. It's not about what we are doing, it's what, about what we can do together. And I think, yeah, that's really important. Yeah, what's the state of the, the premises like now? Or you don't know, is this the first time you're going down to look at it? No, no, Matt's been there with his business partner to be a few times yeah. and it's in a pretty good state, mm. it's great, but little things need help, like we need help with the grease trap, we need that fixed. Yeah. Obviously the interior design yeah. um, needs help, so we need furniture. If you've got a very good looking cafe, people want to be there, it creates an atmosphere, so yeah. we'd like some people to come on board who can offer to do arts, who can offer yeah. to help us make chairs and seats and yeah. tables, who have knowledge in how to set up a successful business and run it, who can offer to do their accounting. Yeah. It's much more about the bigger picture of how this can support a community. Mm. Build a community yeah. too. You've got an amazing setup where you are at Flock. I mean, it's pretty different, especially for Lismore or for anywhere really. It just It's so unexpected walking down that arcade. Tell us how that all came together. My beautiful partner, Sarah, saw that space in Lismore and um, I was a social worker at the time and she picked me up and said, I've seen this space, I'd really like to open it as a cafe and she took me there and showed it to me and I just said, you're dreaming. There is no way that it was revolting, there was tyres everywhere and we sat there for probably three hours quite aggressively discussing how this would not work, which is very much unlike me, but she was like, no, this is where we should be and it's very grungy and it backs onto a really dirty laneway but it's great it's amazing what nice paint and filling it with nice people and and, uh, and lots of love <laughs> like we spew love everywhere on everything and did it start that size or has it grown down no, the, the arcade it's very much grown we're really good at encroaching on people's <laughs> personal space there's no boundaries in our lives so oh it is so indian <laughs> Um, no, it was really small. We just 
had, I think it was eight chairs in total and I would cook at night time and Sarah would run it by herself during the day and then it just got busier and busier and I started putting more chairs down the arcade and would talk to the business people next door and be like, do you mind if I put this in front of your shop and you move all of your things so I can have more seats and I'll give you food. And it just evolved from that and then the space next to us became available and we moved into that and it's, yeah, it's great. There's much more seats so more people can come and it creates an atmosphere and it's like our kitchen to us, our shop is. It's the food we serve and the people we serve. It's like if you walked into our house, this is what you get. Yeah. Without the grunge out the back. Without the grungy the out the back. It is like you have been to <laughs> it's our house. It's like their house. <laughs> it just looks like their house. Yeah, because, I mean, it's decorated, you know. Yeah. It's, it's, it is. It's like going into sort of a cross between maybe a museum and a home or something. Yeah. I don't know. It's, yeah. Yeah, Cookie, what's your favourite kind of things there? Me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Me. I'm your favourite thing there. <laughs> the mat chai. <laughs> oh, tell us about the mat chai. Oh. Um, I've drunk buckets and buckets of chai during my travels in India and I've been taught how to mix masalas and stuff by you know people who have been making chai and grinding spice for you know for generations so and I'm so sick of having bad chai in the area you know that it doesn't taste like anything just warmed milk and like watery yeah so yeah so we blend our own chai we you know get all the spices the whole spices and grind them down and like blend it and mix it you know with beautiful like organic Longleaf black tea and, and ginger, yeah, fresh turmeric. Mm. Yeah, it's so nice. Yum. And what's in the future? I mean, not, not, I mean, we like to live in the present, mm. but there's some things coming up that are kind of involve, you know, the, the cafe and fundraising. So we've got a dinner coming up this coming weekend. Is yeah. that what you call 26. it? This weekend coming, the 26th of September, where, um, Flock is collaborating with Matt and another local chef, Russell, and we're doing a banana leaf dinner for about 80 people. I think 120, but we're like <laughs> being cautious and saying 80 people. And all of the proceeds from that will go towards the fundraiser with Matt and the Cycling for Brighter Futures. So I'm very good at feeding people sweets. So we're doing the desserts and the chai and Matt's doing the doses and pakoras and Russell's doing a banana leaf setting, which as I was formed today is 10 separate little pieces of yumminess on a banana leaf. Yeah, it looks amazing. We've been out to the Eureka Hall today and have looked at the grass and how we can put rugs everywhere and lots of music and big fire drums. We've got music and a fire twirler coming. So it'll be a really great night. I think people that came to our previous dinner had so much fun and they ask us all the time, girls, when are you having another one? When are you having another dinner? And I'm like, bitch, we're still getting over that. But now <laughs> we can do it again at Eureka Hall. And it's a really nice time of year and it's in a really beautiful yeah. part of the Northern Rivers. Yeah. Yo, I am the Rasta Demolition from Divinity Production. Yeah. Alongside them, not to go for cause of eruption. Bay FM 99.9, the alternative voice. I've done a few different halls. Durumble Hall and Tintamba Hall. Are there any spaces left to the Saturday? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. This dinner that we're doing is called On Your Bike, Banana Leaf Feast. And what that actually means is, so I'm taking a group of 16 people on a one-week tour through South India from the 1st of November. It's a fundraising trip, so each person who comes on the trip has to fundraise to be involved. 
we've set a goal to raise $20,000, which is enough to run the centre that I fundraise for for a whole year. So yeah, so this dinner is part of that fundraising effort together. So the people that want to come on the cycling trip have to pay yeah. just for themselves yeah, to get so there, but when they're their... in India, then they start the fundraising? Um, no, so they pay a participation fee, which covers all of their accommodation, meals, all expenses for the week. They have to fundraise on top of that to be involved. So they've all been doing their own fundraising for the last few months. Yeah, people have been you know, designing their own cards like with beautiful artwork and selling them like in the local community. One of the girls, she's doing a, um, she makes amazing cakes, like raw cakes and gluten-free cakes. She's doing a cake stall at the local um, nursery. People are fundraising in all different ways. It's really inspiring. So there's 16 people fundraising for this, for the centre. What do people do? Just come along to Eureka on Saturday? But you, you need to know how many people are coming, don't you? You need yeah. to RSVP or something? So people can purchase their tickets through my cafe, our cafe, excuse me, at Flock in Lismore. They can purchase their tickets here in Clunes. And you can also purchase them online. Is yeah. it through Forget Me Not? Yeah, so probably the easiest way is to go to um, mattbrice.com.au. Uh, it's Matt, M-A-T-T, Bryce, B-R-I-C-E, dot com dot A-U. C-O-M. Tell us a bit more about the auction that's happening as part of the fundraiser at Eureka. So what we ask and appreciate is that local businesses donate a wares, a voucher, a piece of clothing, jewellery, something that we can then do a silent auction for. So, for example, our last fundraiser, Matt and I donated our time and we would come and be a private chef for you for the night for 12 people and that raised $1,000. We've had businesses donate bowls and we did a silent auction on that and, you know, we put down the retail value and then we asked people to match it and go above. Mm. So what we ask is local businesses or local artists, local tradies, we've had people donate Pilates sessions, massages, a gardener will come and mow your yard for the day. Whatever you can donate that we can do a silent auction on that people then can donate their money towards and get something in return and that goes straight towards the Forget Me Not organisation. So if anybody would like to or know somebody that would like to, they can get in touch with Matt in that mattbrice.com.au and we can come to you if you can't come to us to collect the goods to be auctioned off. We just greatly appreciate anything that people can donate. So this is Australian Organic Awareness Month. Are you guys going a bit organic on the menu? We are greatly organic as well. My parents have farms up on the Sunshine Coast. A lot of the produce comes from there and it's um, not certified organic, but it is spray free, and so that produce will be used for our night. Russell, yeah. who Does is the doser, doing the doses at the market and is just an absolute full time angel, yeah. everything he's using is organic yeah. as well, which yeah. is really great. We're very conscious in the cafe and, and what we eat as well, including Matt, and not just about supporting gangs, but supporting the Australian farmers mm. the best we can because that's what supports our country and that's what nourishes our bodies yeah. and that's what will nourish our children's bodies and that's the future. And who wants to eat a mouthful of chemical shit? Mm. Not me. I always go to the um, local farmers markets, like the Mullen farmers market especially. I've run into you there like many times. And I just love like, yeah, building relationships with the people who are growing my food. You know, knowing it where from. it comes from, that the money that I give them supports them and their family. And uh, yeah, that's really, really special for me.
I should really thank the wider community because these fundraising events that we do that Matt and I put a lot of work and love into only happen because the greater community support us. So a lot of businesses donate goods for us to auction and I'm very aware as a small business owner that even giving the littlest thing does come out of what you make and we don't all, we don't make lots of money and you do it for love and anything that is ever donated is so greatly appreciated everyone it's, it's not just Matt and I it's all the other businesses and that's what makes the fundraising possible and the amount of money raised possible huge kudos has to be given to them because we do know how hard it is for small businesses particularly in rural settings where you don't have a constant flow of trade and the other thing we were saying is of what the beauty of us sitting here in Clunes at the moment and these nights that they have to really bring community together and let people know that there's regular things happening to socialise because yeah. I mean you know you move here and sometimes it can be a little bit daunting yeah, yeah I think um, a lot of people like Sarah and myself moved here from the city for a, a different lifestyle and making friends and getting connection as an adult is not easy like you were when you're a kid like it's easier for us because we have a cafe and we're in people's face five days a week so you're going to make connection but to a lot of people who don't have that Having local events, having things at local halls creates community for people that feel like they don't have anyone or don't have time to make a connection with people. Um, I was just it. thinking, like, had people come up to me at previous dinners that I've done and go, oh, we just met our neighbours tonight. Like, we've been living here, you know, for how many months or years and we didn't even know who was living next door. Like, so, yeah, like I said, these community events bringing something to a community yeah it's really really special yeah well thank you guys for doing all this great stuff what you're doing it's really an honor to share it across the airways with you oh thank you so much for sharing it yeah. it's really lovely thank yep. you yeah thank you you're for listening to free range radio bay fm 99.9 yeehaw <laughs>